Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Whitburn Pentecostal Church. Great to see everyone this morning. Are you happy to be in church today? Good. Those who are online, I'm hoping that you're happy to be in church today. It would be great to hear your voices. Maybe just leave a comment or give us a thumbs up or something like that. Uh, Remember to share the service today with your friends and your family. But it's great to be here in God's house. Great to be together. And I don't know about you. I just love coming to church. I love being in God's presence. I love being able to sing, um, but unfortunately, we're still bound by these limitations. However, I made up for it yesterday. You know how it says in the Bible that David danced before the Lord? Well, I had the house to myself yesterday, and I just put on praise songs, turned up the volume, and I was dancing about my hallway in the the house, just worshiping God, and it was fantastic. So, um, but it just makes you realize how much you miss because God inhabits the praises of his people. And so really, we need to allow praise to rise from within our hearts uh, today and make music uh, to the Lord in our hearts. But we're here to worship him today. And uh, it's great to be in God's house together to worship him uh, together. And that's what we're going to do. But we're going to pray first and then we're going to worship. So let's, let's really bow our heads before God. Father, we just thank you that you are here. Lord, your Holy Spirit lives within us. And Father, no matter where we go, we know that you're with us. You're with us in every circumstance. Father, good or bad, Father, you're there when we're rejoicing. You're there when we're sad. Father, it doesn't matter what happens in life. You're there with us. And we thank you for that incredible reality. And Lord, we know that this is your world. Father, the Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And so, Father, we recognize that you are the ruler of all. You are sovereign over all. And Father, we worship you this morning. Father, we worship you with our very lives. We worship you with the attitudes of our hearts. We worship you with our prayers. We worship you when we read your word. Father, we worship you when we sing. And Lord, we do all these things to worship you. Father, when we give of our time, our talents, and our treasure, Father, we're worshiping you. Father, just in all the things that we do, Father, we pray that you'd help us to live our lives as an act of worship to you. And Lord, as we sing this morning, Lord, we know uh, that we are restricted, the whole singing thing, but Lord, as we just play these songs, Father, we pray uh, that as we sing them in our hearts, Lord, that you'd cause praise to rise within us. And Father, we just do pray that you'd inhabit the praises of your people still this morning. And so, Father, we're looking to you today. We're looking to you to come and and just do something incredible in our presence today. Father, whether we're in person or whether we're joining online, Father, we're looking for you to do something in our lives today. And so, Father, we just pray uh, that we would experience you today and that you would be glorified. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Praise the 
Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Father, we just think of the words of that song morning by morning. Father, you pour out your blessings upon us. And Father, we thank you that we can be in that place to receive blessing from you. Father, there are so many things that, that just pass through uh, our, our day that we just miss and we, we don't even notice. Father, blessings which you shower upon us. And Father, we just want to declare this morning that we are thankful, that we are grateful. Father, we're grateful for all the things that you pour into our lives, for health and strength, for breath in our lungs. Father, even simple things, simple things that we take for granted. Lord, we thank you that you are there. Father, when we wake in the morning, you're there. And Father, we thank you for your presence in our lives. And Lord, we pray that as we come to take communion, Lord, may we experience your presence in this place. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that all these things are possible because of him. Father, they're possible because he took our sin and our punishment upon him when he died on that cross. But Father, we thank you that he didn't stay on the cross. Father, he didn't even stay in the grave. But Father, he rose on the third day. And Father, because he lives, we know that we also shall live. And Father, it's not just in this earth that we will live. Father, we will have eternal life. We already have eternal life because you live within us. And so, Father, as we take bread and wine this morning, Lord, may we really consider Jesus and all that he has done for us. Amen. I'm just going to read a few verses um, from Scripture. Um, so from Mark chapter 14. It says, when they were sitting at the Last Supper, uh, when they were eating, Jesus took bread and gave thanks and broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, this is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said to them. I tell you the truth, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. And as we take the bread, it reminds us of the body of Jesus, which was broken for us. That body, that perfect, sinless person called Jesus. And he took our sins upon him. He was perfect. He was the only one who could do that. And he abolished the whole sacrificial system at that point in time. One sacrifice to end all sacrifices. And so as we take uh, the bread today, let us remember that body which was broken for us. Let's take the bread together. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus which was shed 
not only on the cross, but Father, even in the lead up to that cross, Father, we just thought about this um, not so very long ago, Father, even how when he was in the garden and praying, Father, his, his soul was so distressed that even, even his sweat, there was blood in his sweat. Father, it, it began even there in the garden. Father, as he endured the punishment from soldiers, Father, who had no respect for him as a person, Father, on that cross as he died and his blood was shed, and Lord, we are just so grateful that by his stripes we are healed. Father, that by the shedding of his blood we are made clean. He makes us clean on the inside. And so, Father, we just thank you for that blood of Jesus which was shed. And Lord, as we take the wine, we remember, we remember that blood that was shed. But Father, we we also look forward to the, the words which Jesus shared with his disciples. And Father, he instituted this uh, act of uh, worship to you, this act of worship called communion. And Father, he said that he would drink with his disciples again in his kingdom. And Father, we know that this is not the end, Father, that uh, we will drink with you anew and we remember you until that day comes. And so, Father, as we take this wine, Father, may it remind us of your son's blood which was shed. But Father, may it also remind us that it points towards something in the future which has not yet happened, but that day when we will drink it anew with you in your kingdom. And so, Father, we just thank you for that. We thank you that we have a hope that goes beyond where we are just now, goes on into the future and on into eternity. So, Father, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take wine together. Father, we are just so grateful for Jesus. We're so grateful for all that he has done for us, all that he is doing in us, and all that he will do through us. And Father, we recognize that you have a plan and a purpose for each one of us. Father, for every single person gathered here today, Father, whether in person or online, Father, you have a plan and a purpose for each of us. And Father, you want us to walk into that plan And Father, we pray that you'd help us to press in to know what your plan and heart is for us. And Father, today we just recognize and remember that, Father, there are those in our fellowship who are struggling. And Father, we just pray, we pray that you would keep your hand upon each one. Father, that we would know your presence in those moments where we're feeling overwhelmed. Father, some overwhelmed with sadness and grief. And Father, we pray particularly for Jean. And Father, we pray for uh, George's wider family as well, many of whom are part of our fellowship here today. And Father, we just ask that your hand would be upon them and that you would strengthen them. Father, may they know such a sense of your peace. Father, we covet that peace, that peace which goes beyond what we can understand. Father, that peace which guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And Lord, may they know a deep sense of your peace at this difficult time. And Father, we pray for Bet, who's needing a, a miracle of healing. Lord, we just ask that your hand would be upon her. And Father, that she be, might know your, your grace and your power just flowing through her. And Lord, for all who need a, a healing touch in their body, Father, we pray that you would move in healing power. Father, for those who are grieving still, Lord, we pray that you would strengthen each one. 
Father, for those who are facing difficult circumstances at work, Lord, we pray that they would find your favor and that they would find a way through. Because, Father, you always provide a way through. You always open a door. And, Father, sometimes it's at the last minute. And, Lord, help us to be patient as you open that door, as we wait for you to open that door for us. Lord, for our families in the church, Lord, we pray your blessing upon them. Father, from the the youngest child to the oldest and to our, our youth and our young adults, Father, we pray your blessing upon each one. Father, for the old uh, people in our congregation, I almost hesitate to pray that, Father, but um, we're all getting there. Mm, Yeah, Lord, I just pray for your peace, strength, and patience, Father, to to deal with the frustrations sometimes. And uh, Lord, we just pray that each of us would know your presence in such a special way in our lives. Lord, we pray that you'd do a new thing in our fellowship. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would come and descend in this church in a new way. Father, that you'd open up new things. Uh, Father, in this church and in the churches that surround uh, us. Father, not just in Whitburn, but Father, in this county of West Lothian. And Father, we pray that you'd open up something new and something fresh. Father, where the life of God would pour out. Father, from heaven, may your kingdom come. May your will be done. Father, may you open up a well of blessing, a well of refreshing. And Father, we thank you that we see uh, signs of life along at Heartlands. Lord, we pray that there would just be prosperity in this town. Father, that you would do new things in this town of Whitburn. Father, that you would open up uh, things which have been closed. Uh, Father, that you would change the landscape here. And Lord, that people in this town would have hope. And Father, we pray that Jesus would be seen in this town. And Father, that people would put their hope and trust in him. Father, for those who have left this church, Lord, we pray that you do something in their lives to bring them back in, that you do miracles in people's hearts. Father, for those who have left you, Father, we pray that you would restore faith in their hearts to follow and to serve you. And Father, we just pray for uh, the churches in this area. Lord, we pray that there'd be such a spirit of unity comes across the churches in this area. Lord, you want to do something amazing in this area. And so, Father, may we be tuned in to what you want to do. And so, Lord, we just pray. We pray over each person who's here, each person who's gathered, Lord, in these moments as we turn to your word. May we know uh, just such a sense of your presence and your voice. Holy Spirit, we know that you can say things that even the speaker doesn't say. So help our ears to be open, our spiritual eyes to be focused on you and all that you want to say. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, I am so excited about what God is doing just now. And I have a tremendous hope that God wants to do even greater things. He wants to do new things. And we look to him for that. Only he can do it. We can't do it. We can't manufacture spiritual things. Only the Holy Spirit can come and do that. But I believe believe God is in the process of doing that. Um, I do need to do uh, a couple of practical things. Uh, So I do need to do this photograph for the track and trace. Um, So if you just excuse me for a wee second while I do this. I've got to hold the camera steady so that I get everybody's lovely faces in focus. In fact, I was checking the, the pictures one time when I was putting them into the folder so I'd know when to delete them, and there was somebody just giving me a big fancy wave, <laughs> which was quite funny. Uh, that cheered me up that day. It was funny. Are you okay? Are you sure? <laughs> what about those who are online? Are you okay? Okay, leave comments and let us know. Uh, we'll check the comments afterwards. It's great to be in God's house, great to be in his presence. And, uh, you know, for those who have not heard, uh, I'm sure you will 
uh, most people will be aware, but our brother George Curl uh, passed away on Monday, and uh, it's just such a great loss to our, our fellowship. Um, George was one of a number of people, along with Jean, who came and founded this church in 1977. It was a plant from our, sister, our mother church along the road in Hart Hill, and in 1977 this church was, was planted, and it met in the primary school right next door to us here in Croftmallock Primary School. And so they've been serving God faithfully in this church all these years. And, and so it's, it's a great loss to us. And I've sent out an email with the, the arrangements for the funeral. Um, you will be able to join online. We'll have the camera set up and we'll be using Zoom and all that kind of stuff so that um, if you want to be there, you can be there. That'll be this, this Friday. And remember that next week, uh, next Sunday, will be Celebration Sunday. And afterwards, uh, for those who are part of the church here, it will be our AGM uh, side of things as well. That will be going out in Zoom as well for those who are online. And uh, just a reminder that the following week after that, the 23rd, we will have a visiting speaker. Yes! I thought, I thought you'd be more excited about that than I am. I'm really excited about that. I, I get to take a Sunday off. I'll, I'll work no hours that week instead of only two. Um, yeah, <laughs> I wish. Um, but looking forward to having Alan Ross with us. Alan really uh, is a wonderful person. He's just such a humble, spirited man. And uh, I, I've loved getting to know Alan over the last number of years um, as, as I got in touch with him through some of the AOG stuff, conferences, but also uh, through him being in Andrew's church as well. And so I'm looking forward to, to, to Alan being here. He has a real prophetic gift and so I'm hoping that he will be able to speak into to your lives. But I just want to say, let's be expectant for God to speak into our lives. Okay, let's be expectant. God is always wanting to speak. And he's more willing to speak than we are sometimes to listen. So we need to really listen to what God wants to say. I pray every morning when I'm reading my Bible, Lord, open up my eyes, open up my ears to hear. Give me understanding. Holy Spirit, show me what you want me to, to, to understand and see today. And so I, I'm going to do something else, something practical. If you just give me a second, it's in relation to my age. And I'm quite happy with everything else, but I'm just taking a wee while to get used to this thing here. Um, it means you're a wee bit out of focus. I apologize about that. But it means that my notes are definitely in focus. And I, I, I need to be able to see this more than I can see you, although I'm missing seeing everybody's faces. Um, and my intention today is really just to bring a word of encouragement to our hearts, my own heart as well, and, and hopefully to keep us focused on Jesus, to keep our eyes fixed on him. At the end of the day, he's the one who's the author and finisher of our faith. We keep our eyes fixed on him. And the title of what I want to say today is Precious in God's Sight. Precious in God's Sight. You are precious in God's sight. Did you know that? You are precious in his sight. I wonder, what do, what do you uh, value? What do you regard as precious? Okay, what do you regard as precious? I, I'm happy to hear what you, what you think. Um, family, yeah? Sorry? Health, yes. These are some of the things that I've got down. Things like memories. Memories are precious. And the older you get, the more memories you have. And these things are precious. Things like time. I've said time and time again. You can't save time. You can only spend time. We need to choose how we spend our time. We need to choose wisely because once that second has passed, you can never regain that second. So time is precious. It's interesting that nobody's mentioned possessions. 
We sometimes think that those are the things that are precious, but actually what's precious is people. And what I want to share today is that you are precious to God. The people in this church, I just want to say this again, I hadn't planned to say this, but the people in this church, to me, as the leader of the church, as the pastor, you are precious to me. I look out and I see all the faces, and I know little bits of everybody's story, okay? And the people online who I can't see, but I, I, I try to check and see who's been tuning in. I can't always necessarily see everything, um, but, but you're precious. You're, you're precious to God. You're precious to me as well. And we were just thinking there, we were reading from Mark chapter 14, um, how Jesus had this thing which we call the Last Supper. He, he had this uh, celebration with his, his disciples, and really what they were celebrating was Passover, and Jesus was given Passover a new meaning. And when he instituted communion, this thing that we do uh, regularly, he was, he was beginning something new that would be part of the life of the church. But it says in just where we left off, if you go into the very next verse, this is what it says. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Mark chapter 14, verse 26. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And in all likelihood, what they were singing was a thing called the Hallel, which is a group of psalms sung either on, uh, in their entirety or in part at the feasts of Israel. Psalm 113 through to Psalm 118. So it would be regarded as one piece of, of uh, literature, if you like, but one song that would be sung. And I think the hymn that they sang might have been this very hymn, Psalm 113 all the way through to Psalm 118. And then they went out to the Mount of Olives, and, and Jesus knew what lay ahead of him. And in Psalm 116, there's something which I have read time and time again, and I've just been reflecting on that this week. And I wonder what Jesus thought when he came to that particular verse in Psalm 115, Psalm 116, sorry, verse 15. And this is what it says, and I'm going to read it from the Amplified Version. Precious and of great consequence in the sight of the Lord is the death of his godly ones. So he watches over them. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints, is the kind of shortened version in New King James. And when it says precious, what it's really saying is that, that it's costly, it's valuable to God. It costs God something to see and to witness the death of his saints. And I think the psalmist has given us insight through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit into something that remains for us today outside of our experience. There are many of our friends in this church who have experienced what we're talking about today. And I reflect on that, and it makes me, I think about it, Time and time again, the people that we have lost who are part, who've been part of this church and they've went on ahead before us, before us and they've experienced something that we as yet have not experienced. But I think the Holy Spirit inspired the psalmist David to write this so that we could get an understanding of something that's hard to understand. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. It's of great consequence to God. And so he watches over them. Now I was thinking about this. You know, is, is, is it saying that death is precious? I don't think it is, because if we look at this, God's 
Death was never God's plan, right? God gave Adam and Eve a tree of life. He gave them a tree of life. There was also the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which they ate of, and they rebelled against God, which stopped their access to the tree of life. God's plan for his people all along has been life and not death. But as a result of sin, death came into the world. I wonder if Adam was standing by watching Eve. It does say that Adam was standing there. So when Eve was tempted and she gets a hard time for it, we need to remember that Adam was standing there watching this happen. He was the one who heard from God, you have not eaten that tree of knowledge of good and evil. And I wonder, when he thought about this, God said, if we eat the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. But Eve's just eaten of the fruit, and nothing's happened. I think it's like that in our lives. Sometimes we get caught up with things, and we think, oh, well, maybe it'll be okay. And we do something that's against God's law, and we go, nothing happened. No thunderbolts from the sky. I might be okay. I might get away with it. I was going to consider King David today, but I've changed tack. <laughs> he didn't get away with it either. Nathan, <laughs> the prophet, came and challenged him. And so when we, when we read this passage, we need to understand that death was never God's plan. We've read from John 10, 10 so many times. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life in all its fullness. And so when we read in the Bible, we read that death is an enemy that needs to be ultimately defeated but what I think the psalmist is saying here is that when we pass through this experience, it is, we are precious to the Lord as we pass through this. And I think that what it is saying is that God is with us in that experience and he watches over us through that experience and that what has been true in life is true in that moment as well, that he will never leave us, never forsake us. Isaiah 43 verse 2 says this, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. You see, it's you that's precious to him. You are precious to him. You're precious to God. And there were three things that I was just kind of thinking about um, because it's a sermon after all, and you need to have three things in a sermon, don't you? Well... I just thought, I'll have three things. And the first thing I thought about was their precious walk. Jesus walked where we walk. Jesus, Jesus experienced the life that we experienced. Jesus experienced emotions, feelings. He experienced grief. He experienced loss. But he also experienced a daily walk with his Father through the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus depended on the Holy Spirit. He had the Holy Spirit without measure. And so we read that Jesus walked this earth. He walked in life in the same way and with the same challenges that we do. But Jesus also experienced death. And we know that Jesus watches over us as we walk through life. Do you know, I'm not sure if I actually remember this or if I just remember the picture of it. But I remember my younger brother uh, taking his first steps. I can still see the picture in my head. Um, it was down at Dildowie, and I can see the steps and this little bit uh, where, the, where it was paved, and him taking his first steps there. And I remember, remember everybody re being really excited that he was taking his first steps. And I, I just kind of think there's, there's something about God who's there 
at the very outset. He's there when we're taking our first steps. He's there even before that, before you were formed in the womb God knew you. And in a similar way, we rejoice as a church family when people take their first steps into becoming a Christian, that first step into following Jesus. And it says in the Bible that all heaven rejoices as well. There's a celebration when people take their first steps. And Jesus invites us to walk where he walked, to walk as he walked. And he knows not only when we take our first steps, but he also knows when we take our last steps. And we know from what the Bible tells us that Jesus walks every step of the way with us. I don't know about you, but I find that encouraging. I find that comforting. Because this is a whole subject that has challenged me deeply over the years in so many different ways. I could tell story after story about how this subject has been so challenging, but Jesus walks with us. Psalm 37, verse 23 to 24 says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I think that's wonderful. We walk this Christian journey through life, and Jesus is with us every step of the way, not just when things are going well, but he's there when things aren't going well to lift us by the hand and to walk alongside us. I don't know about you, but I think this walk as a Christian is a precious walk. And the Lord upholds you when you fall because you are precious to him. I don't know about you. I love the thought of being precious to somebody. That is incredible. I love that thought, but I am precious to God. And the second thing about is a precious witness. is a precious walk, but also a precious witness. Jesus bore witness to the work and the will of the Father. Jesus was there at the beginning. What does John say? He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was there right in the beginning. And Jesus is the one where God said, let there be light, and there was light. The Word of God came. Jesus was there at the very outset. This witness to creation and all that God was doing, he was there at the beginning. And I, I, this blows my mind that Jesus was able to look down the corridor of time and he was able to see every single one of us. He knew that we would be here. He knew that we would walk a Christian walk in this life. And this is what the psalmist says, David, in Psalm 139, verse 5, he says, My frame, this bit here, was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. God was there right at the very beginning when you were just a twinkle in your daddy's eye, to use that expression. God was there right at the very beginning. God was there when you were conceived. God was there when uh, you came into the world. And what the Bible tells me is that God walks with me and he sees every situation in my life. He is with me. He sees every circumstance, even when we walk through the darkest valleys. Sometimes when we're in the valley, we think, where's God? Where's he gone? Sometimes we feel like we've lost sight of the Lord. 
But Psalmist David says again in Psalm 23, verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Every situation in life. And I want to suggest that you're never, ever out of sight of the Savior. Jesus is watching over you. Sometimes, as the sheep of his, his pasture, I, I kind of get a bit fearful that I'll lose sight of Jesus. I'm like, where's, where's he going? You know, maybe it's a difficult situation I'm in. Maybe something in life that's challenging me. I'm thinking, where's, where's the voice of God in this situation? The reality is that the shepherd never loses sight of his sheep. The shepherd never loses sight of his sheep. And he, even if we are that one out of the 99, he will come to find us. He came to seek and to save those who were lost. Jesus came to seek and to save us. And so he was there, that precious witness right at the start of your life. And he is that witness who watches you all the way through your life. I just... You've probably seen it in movies where you, you see the, the, the film and it's the old kind of cine of, you know, when they were kids and then they, they grew up and blah, blah, blah. You've seen that thing. I, I just kind of imagine God having this big camera on our lives and, and he just rejoices when he plays back. It's like, oh, remember he did this. Remember he took his first step. Remember he took that first step of faith. Remember that prayer which was prayed and remember, remember how we answered it and how that person grew. And he is our witness that precious witness, and, and we need to be his witnesses as well. Thirdly, and lastly, a precious welcome. Jesus welcomed the sinners, the outcasts, the unclean, the tax collectors, the Gentiles, the people who nobody wanted to associate with. Jews, Samaritans, no meeting ground in the middle. And Jesus spent time with a Samaritan woman at the well and spoke to her and spoke into her life and said, I know exactly what's going on in your life because the Holy Spirit gave him the understanding. Jesus welcomed sinners. I think about, I don't know if it's because recently what's been on the TV, I remember that moment where Lady Diana was in this room and she reached out to this person who had AIDS and everybody went, <gasps> how could she do that? She was so brave. Let me tell you, she was just following Jesus' example because that's what he did. Even people who were regarded as unclean, he came and he touched them and they became clean. And I just find that astounding that Jesus gives us that welcome. Jesus, if you're not even a Christian today, he's, he's standing there with his hand out and he's saying, come into my family, come in, you're welcome. We need to accept the invitation to come in. Jesus welcomes us but we welcome him into our lives and i know that if we welcome him into our lives we can know with certainty that one day we will receive a welcome into his immediate presence one day we will occupy this is this blows my mind one day we will occupy a new heavens and a new earth that's what the bible talks about a time where everything will be made new. Jesus said that in Revelation. Behold, I make all things new. And so we read also in Romans that the whole of creation groans. If you switch on the TV and you watch David Attenborough these days, he will tell you how much that creation's groaning under the, the, the things that are, that are wrong in our world. 
but it waits with expectation, eager expectation for the appearing of the sons of God, where God will make everything new, a new heavens and a new earth. And we will have a new body and we will occupy a new heavens and a new earth. That, that just blows my mind. I can't get my understanding around it, but it fills me with hope that this life is not all that it's about, that there's a new heavens and a new earth. And so death is not the end. Death is not the end. It's only the end of the beginning. And I find tremendous hope in these words. Do you know what? As the leader of this church, I have to find hope in these words because this is what helps me to understand and make sense of our circumstances. When we lose people that we love and are dear to us, people who are precious to us, and they go on before us and they experience something that we've not experienced yet. And that Psalm 116 verse 15 says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Precious. Because you are precious. Just as I'm drawn to a close, let me share a few verses from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 51 to 58, and it's in the message translation. But let me tell you something wonderful. A mystery I'll probably never understand. We're not all going to die, but we're all going to be changed. Paul was living in a time where he was waiting with eager expectation the return of Jesus. He'd said, I'm going to wait, I'm going to prepare a place for you, but I'm going to come back and take me to be where I, take you to be where I am. He was waiting with eager expectation. I think as Paul got older, he realized maybe he's not going to come back in my lifetime. We need to live with expectation that Jesus is going to come back. And this is what he says, some of us won't even die because Jesus will come back and take us to be with him. Verse 52, you hear a blast to end all blasts from a trumpet. And in the time that you look up and blink your eyes, it's all over. On signal from that trumpet from heaven, the dead will be up and out of their graves, beyond the reach of death, never to die again. At, that, at the same moment and in the same way, we'll all be changed. This is our hope. This life in this earthly body is not all that it's about because there's a new body, there's a new heaven and a new earth, a spiritual body. Read 1 Corinthians 15 and read that chapter through and you'll hear Paul talk about what lies ahead for the believer. Verse 53, in the resurrection scheme of things, this has to happen. Everything perishable taken off the shelves and replaced by the imperishable. For those who work in the food bank, you'll know all about this. You've got to check the dates. And if it's not going to last long enough, it gets taken off the shelf, it goes out quickly, and you replace it with the stuff that's got a long shelf life. Well, what Jesus is talking about doesn't have a shelf life. He's talking about a new body that doesn't have a shelf life. A new hope a new heaven and a new earth. And in the resurrection scheme of things, this has to happen. Everything perishable taken off the shelves and replaced by the imperishable. This mortal replaced by immortality. Then the saying will come true, death swallowed by triumphant life.
Who got the last word, death? Oh, death, who's afraid of you now? It was sin that made death so frightening. And law code guilt that gave sin its leverage, its destructive power. Listen to verse 57. But now, in a single victorious stroke of life, all three, sin, guilt, death, are gone. The gift of our master, Jesus Christ. Thank God. Verse 58. With all this going on for us, my dear friends, stand your ground and don't hold back. Throw yourselves into the work of the master, confident that nothing you do for him is a waste of time. I don't know about you, I read these verses from time to time. It used to be up in my office to remind me that our labor for the Lord is not in vain. Sometimes you wonder what it's all about. You think, am I just wasting my time here? Am I wasting my time being a Christian, serving God, when all this stuff's going on that I don't understand? Am I just wasting my time? The Bible tells us that our labor in the Lord will be rewarded. And that verse 57, to quote another translation, it says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. And so we hold on to him. In my daily readings, quoting Bishop Leslie Newbigging, Nicky Gumbel said this, the resurrection was not a reversal of a defeat, but the manifestation of a victory. That's tremendous. The resurrection was not the reversal of a defeat, but the manifestation of a victory. I don't know about you, that excites me. That excites me. It's not a defeat. Jesus' enemies thought that's him, finished with. Spiritual forces of wickedness thought that's him, finished with. We've dealt with them. They didn't realize what was happening. And I love that film, The Chronicles of Narnia. Have you ever seen that? The book was written by C.S. Lewis, Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe. And in the film, you see Aslan, his life been taken, and you think, what's happening? It's all over. It's all ended. The forces of wickedness have got the upper hand. And you see this scene. Oh, man. <laughs> it gets me emotional just thinking about it. I love, I love this film where Susan and Lucy come to the stone table, and there's Aslan lying on the table, and they think it's all over, and they begin to cry. But having read the book, you know what's going to happen next in the film. <laughs> because the stone table cracks and Aslan Peer appears again alive in all his glory and all his splendor. And what he is saying in the film and in the book is that the White Witch didn't understand how the law was written and how it would work. And how because one innocent victim took the place of somebody else who was guilty, that the law would be reversed. The law would be broken. All the things that stop us from becoming the who we want to be, from, from being the Christian that we want to be, all the times when we fail, the times when we mess up, Jesus came to deal with that. Jesus came to reverse it. And in that moment in the film, I just I watched that, and time and time again, I have the tears running down my eyes because I realize that this metaphor is talking about Jesus who died for me. Jesus who came back to life again and who gives us life, not just in this body that we live in just now, but a new body, a new heaven, a new earth. And Jesus says, behold, I am making all things new. 
I know that in every circumstance in life, Jesus has walked with us. He's been a witness to my joys and my fears, my childhood tears, my triumphs, failures, the moments of rapture, the moments of despair. And believe me, I've felt moments of despair in my life as well. And he has been the one who continually, continually held out his hand of welcome. He's the one who also not only sees my childhood tears, but he sees my manhood tears. Jesus sees all of these things. And I just think to myself, why should we think that when it's our time to cross the river, as the song talks about, that we should do it alone? What does Jesus say? I will never leave you. I will never forsake you because we are precious to him, precious in life and also precious at the time of our death, and he will be with us. And for those who we leave behind, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't know about you, but the circumstances that we face in our world as a nation, but also in our church, I think about the circumstances that we face, and it can create within us an uncertainty. But we know one thing, is that Jesus is certain, that he is constant. I want to finish off with just reading a wee, a wee bit from a book. And it's a book by uh, Pete Gregg. It's called God and Mute, Engaging the Silence of Unanswered Prayer. And this is what he says. A few days before our visit, something extraordinary had happened that uh, that had she said with an expression of surprised delight, taking away her fear of dying entirely. He's talking about an old auntie. She spoke quietly and carefully about a visitation she had received from Jesus. One night, she said, he had actually appeared to her right by her bed. And my auntie Cleve, so racked with fear at the prospect of death, had seen the Lord. That was all. No words were exchanged. No words were necessary. From that moment, death had lost its sting. And whether or not we receive the reassurance of such a vision of Jesus, and few people do, Christians share a wonderful hope. We do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope, writes the Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians 14. Uh, 4.13. Why not? Because unlike them, we believe that Jesus died and rose again. You are precious to him. He understands the beginning from the end. He's there when you take your first step. He witnesses it. He witnesses our last step, and he says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And so we can put our trust in him. And just to quote Moses in Deuteronomy 32.27, he says, the eternal God is your refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. We are precious to him. And Father, I pray today that we would sense, some of us perhaps in a new way, Father, that we would experience those everlasting arms underneath us, supporting us. Father, in that area where there is fear, in that area where there is doubt. Father, in that area where we feel that there's just a darkness that we can't seem to 
to penetrate. Father, may your light come into the darkness. And Father, may we see your face clearly. May we see the face of Jesus clearly. And Father, we pray that you would deal with all fear in our hearts and help us to take comfort comfort from these words that we are precious to you, that we are precious in your sight. Father, even when we walk through the darkest valley, you're still there with us and we are precious to you, that you never leave us, that you never forsake us. And Father, just like that poem, Footprints in the Sand, Lord, in those moments where two sets of footprints become one, Lord, we remember that it's in those moments of darkness where you lift us up in those everlasting arms and you're the one who carries us. And Father, may we enter into the reality of that relationship with you, that intimacy in a relationship with you. Father, we pray for those who need a touch from you today. Father, those who may be fearful, Father, those who maybe think about their own death and maybe there's a fear that rises within their hearts. Father, we pray that you would bring a revelation into that situation. Father, that you would speak. And Father, that you would bring such a release. Father, that you bring peace. Father, that peace which surpasses all understanding. Lord, we pray that it would just come into every life, every situation where there's fear, particularly fear of death. I'm just praying about that today, really intentionally, that you would come in and speak peace into the fear. Father, just as Jesus calmed the storm, Father, we pray that you would come and that you would just calm that storm in, in our lives. And may we know your presence as we go from this place today. Father, may we know that you are with us and that your heart is for us. And just before we finish off, maybe there are people who have never made a decision to follow Jesus. If you've never invited the Holy Spirit into your life, then today is the day to do that because it's the Holy Spirit in us that is that deposit, that, in, that guarantee of our inheritance. That's what Jesus will see when we enter through the valley of death and we come out the other side. He will see that deposit of the Holy Spirit in us. We need to invite the Holy Spirit in. He will not come in uninvited. And really, that's what makes the difference in our lives is having the Holy Spirit in us. And maybe there are some people uh, here today, maybe you're joining in online and you've never invited the Holy Spirit into your life. Then I'm going to pray a prayer. And you just repeat this prayer after me into yourself. And if you pray this prayer and mean it, let me know because we want to pray with you and, and just give you some information that will help you in this journey. It's having the Holy Spirit in us. It's, that's, our, that's our deposit. That's our guarantee when we stand before God that we will be welcomed into his presence, that we will be part of the new heavens and the new earth. And so if you've never done that, pray that prayer with me today. Dear God, I've never invited you into my life before. I pray that you'd come in today. I recognize that I've not always lived my life the way I should have. I recognize that there have been times I've been far away from you. And I ask that you come into my heart today. Come into my life. May your Holy Spirit come in. May you forgive me and make me clean. 
and give me this tremendous hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Lord bless you. If you've prayed that prayer, let me know because we want to get in touch with you. And we just want to celebrate with you uh, that making that decision. That's a decision to invite Jesus into your life. And uh, he can make a massive difference. So the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. And may you have a fantastic week. And if there are things that you need prayer for, please let me know. We'll be more than happy to pray with you, whether over Zoom or on the phone or whatever it is. Uh, you know, just let us know. And we'll be happy to do that. And uh, we'll hopefully see you at some point soon through the week. Okay? Take care.